What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 41. Today on Tale of the Tapes, we got Fiend and Agala. So, as far as Fiend is concerned, surprisingly enough, considering that he was down with No Limit, I never had any of Fiend's solo material and never thought too highly of him, even long before this study, so... When I got up to him going into this, my expectations of him were pretty low in general. Now, that's not to say that I thought he sucked, but if you guys had listened to, you know, some other episodes with like Master P or Mystical and things like that, I used to be very into these No Limit guys and and a lot of these Southern guys way back in like the mid-90s and, you know, late 90s and stuff like that, but... Fiend was one of the few people that I wasn't into. I never had any Mia X stuff. I never had any Fiend stuff. I had Mystical. I had Silk the Shaka. I had TRU. I had a lot of No Limit shit. I had a lot of Master P shit. I fucked with the majority of that roster. And again, that's not to say that I hated Fiend or anything like that, but I just never ever heard him on a song and ever thought to myself like, yo, this dude is dope. Or I want to go get one of his albums. And I don't remember ever hearing any songs from him. Maybe if I might have heard some songs from him that I would have liked. Maybe I would have went and cop one of his albums or something like that. But I just wanted to explain what I meant. It wasn't that I hated the dude. I didn't really know anything of the dude. But I fucked with No Limit very heavily. And never ever was like tempted to get a Fiend album or anything like that. Agala, I had heard the name before. But knew absolutely nothing of him whatsoever. Never had any of his albums. Don't think I had ever heard any of his songs. So again, I can't say I expected too, too much out of him in this. But there's a certain level of talent you do expect to hear from any NYC underground artist. So although it was a blank slate for me as far as Agala is concerned, I was a bit curious to go through his catalog because you never know when you hear about you know, so-and-so, this underground guy from New York, this and that, I may never have heard any of his stuff, which would probably be rare, but it's possible that I've never heard a New York City underground artist that is really dope. We've seen in the regional list that we do how dominating New York has been, you know, most of the top couple of guys in our overall have been from New York and stuff like that. So, like I said, anytime I get an underground artist, you know, underground in general, you usually expect most of those guys to be pretty good lyrically or pretty original or something like that. Coming from NYC and, you know, being an underground artist, like I said, you have a certain level of expectation, even if you really don't know anything about the guy at all. So these two artists are going to be your last two artists of 1995. So they were both out in that calendar year of 1995, but Fiend was out first. So we'll start with him. Birth name, Richard Jones, also known as International Jones and Sleepy Jones. Born May 13th, 1976 in Hollygrove, New Orleans, Louisiana, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop and his years active are listed as 1994 to present. So we're starting to see a decent amount of artists now come out of Hollygrove in particular. We haven't had all that many Southern rappers, but we've had enough to the point where we have our top couple of guys from each region and stuff like that. 
and I don't want to make it sound like we only have three to five guys. We've probably had over 10, 15 guys from the South. And I would say a good chunk of those people from that South have been specifically from Holly Grove, New Orleans. So New Orleans obviously doing pretty well with the Southern hip hop. Holly Grove in specific doing well with the with the hip hop. So I just wanted to point that out. I think that region's been making a little bit of noise lately in the mid-90s here. So now let's read up on a background on Fiend. Richard Jones, born May 13, 1976, better known by his stage names Fiend or International Jones, is an American rapper and producer best known for his time spent with Masterpiece No Limit Records. Fiend was also briefly signed to the label Rough Riders Entertainment and is currently signed to Jet Life under Warner Brothers. So not too much there for Fiend as is pretty much expected. I think it's really odd how 90% of the time these backgrounds I read kind of just echo my initial opinion on these people even though their scoring doesn't always necessarily end up the way I expected it or wanted it to. But I'll tell you in some of these backgrounds, like, yeah, I used to fuck with a lot of these guys in this group, but not really this guy. Or I don't really know anything of this guy. Or I know this guy because he had one big song or something like that. And then we go on to read this dude's background and it basically will just tell you exactly what I said. It will say nothing much. It will tell you about the one big song. Or it will say that he was signed to this person or affiliated with this person and not much else after that. Or it'll just be a very little minimal amount of information in general. And it's like... Alright, well, this is probably partly the reason why I didn't really know anything about this guy. There really isn't much out there to know on him. So, with that out of the way, let's read what I wrote down about Fiend when listening to him. I clearly remember Fiend's unique voice on many Master P projects growing up, but never had a Fiend album or probably ever even really heard a Fiend song before this. Lyrically, he did take some shortcuts and also had some good rhyme patterns, but both those and his dope lines he did have were relatively rare. He didn't have many topical songs, but seemed to be able to keep a topic on the occasional song about girls or weed. For the most part, he was very average throughout and remained that way overall. In total, Fiend qualified 10 albums and one EP for scoring. All of them were consistently good-slash-average albums. Of his 142 songs, he had 10 good ones and 4 weak ones. While Fiend has consistently done his thing, he never had an overload of commercial success, and while he may be more popular in the South, he certainly isn't a household name everywhere, especially not outside of hip-hop. Even within the community, he seemed to only have musically influenced crime mob. Nothing much about Fiend was very original except for his voice and delivery. So, pretty simple breakdown there on Fiend. Let's get into the math and see how that worked out for him. Lyrics, he gets a 5. Like I spoke about, there really wasn't much of anything at all that really made me debate raising or lowering this guy's lyrical score. I do remember a handful of times I debated going down to a 4.5, but you know, then he would have some rhyme patterns or something like that that came in the next song or something and just kind of held the glue together with him staying at that five. There were a couple of things that he did, like some shortcuts that he took, you know, that, that kind of made me want to lean towards a four and a half. He had a couple of reaches as well, but he had a handful of dope lines and he did use some rhyme schemes every now and then and stuff like that. So very little above average, very little below average, but 
you know, it was mostly even keel, average lyricist for the majority of the time, so he gets a 5 there. Albums, he gets a 3.51 with zero classics. Like I spoke about, 10 albums, 1 EP, almost all of them scored exactly the same. I believe they were all somewhere around 1.1s, 1.0s, things like that. They were all borderline good slash average albums. Songs, he gets a minus 0.28, which like we spoke about, he had 142 songs. No great songs out of the 142. Even only 10 good ones and then 4 weak ones, so... He loses about a quarter of a point there in the songs department, which isn't anything major, but still losing over a quarter of a point. Impact, he gets a four. Like I spoke about, that comes from a number of different things. So, like I said, Fiend, not really a household name, not a massive amount of records sold, not any type of major long-term commercial success, no hit singles, no records broken, um, no platinum albums, no awards won, things like that. So, we do have to give the guy credit for, you know, being down with no limit. And it does say that he was signed to Rough Riders Entertainment for a short period of time. Obviously, never really, you know, nothing ever really came out of that. But we do have to give him credit for his 10 albums, his 1 EP, his 142 songs, being signed to No Limit, being signed to Rough Riders, and, you know, doing his thing. And, like I said, I'm sure that Fiend has a bigger fan base and a bigger following down south, but... You know, it's nothing too crazy that I know of down there. And like I said, you know, no major record sold platinum albums or anything like that. And then when you leave the South, that obviously just gets lower and lower. So, you know, that coupled with the fact that the only people that he really seemed to influence musically was Crime Mob. There really wasn't much there to give Fiend credit for as far as Impact was concerned. And like I said, there were a number of things there to take some credit off. So he gets a below average score of four there. In originality, he gets a five and a half. And, you know, this was pretty simple for Fiend. I mean, you know, kind of your typical down south rapper when we talk about image, slang, general sound, content, things like that. So nothing overly original there. But in the same token, he didn't really, you know, take too much from other people. He didn't seem to really copy styles. He didn't act like he was from somewhere else. He never switched up his style midway through to sell more records or anything like that. So most of that stuff just kept him around the average mark for originality. But I did think that his voice and his delivery were original enough and different enough that he got an above average score for originality there. So five and a half for Fiend. And then you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 3.55 which leaves Fiend tied for 163rd place of 184 artists done overall. So, not a very good finish there for Fiend, and we've just seen so many of the same patterns here in the 90s, especially in the mid-90s. It almost seems as if every single person either does great or gets mostly average scores and finishes somewhere near the bottom. We've discussed this almost every time that somebody has finished around here or gotten these general scores, you know, lyrics 5, albums 3.5, impact 4, originality 5.5. So pretty much everything right around that average mark, some just above, some just below. And, you know, we've gone over it a bunch of times. We see where these average scores land, you know, they land you in the in towards the bottom of that list overall. So that's what Fiend gets and that's where he ends up. So... Moving on to Agala, who, like I said, also had his debut album out in 1995. Birth name, Angel Agala. 
also known as Adolf Agala Don Bishop and Swagala. Born May 8, 1974 in New York City, United States, genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1993 to present. So let's jump right into some background info on Agala and see how that reads. Angel Agala, born May 18, 1974, better known by his stage names Agala, Adolf, Brad Piff, Swagala, and Agala Don Bishop, is an American rapper and producer. He was a member of the Diplomats-affiliated group Purple City, and he is the CEO of his label, Propane Campaign. He was formerly known as Adolf Agala. He has ghost-written songs for many well-known artists. In addition to producing his own music, he also produced tracks for Busta Rhymes, Remy Ma, The Diplomats, Guru, Rockin' Squat, Sean Price, Saigon, Game Theory, PMD, Das FX, Mob Deep, and Big Pun. In 1995, he finished his debut album, Wrap Your Lips Around This, but was never properly released because the album was shelved. In 2012, Wrap Your Lips Around This became available for digital download on Amazon.com and iTunes after being unreleased for many years. So pretty good info there for Agalaz. I wasn't personally too informed on this guy, so interesting seeing his background and who he's associated with and things like that. And... Even after I listened to Agala's entire catalog, I still was not aware that he produced that many tracks for that many big name artists. So cool stuff there. Shout outs to Agala for sure. And uh, now let's get into my breakdown of him and see how he scored. It's probable I've heard the name before in passing, just talking hip hop with so many different people, but had never heard a song of his or knew much about him. Early on, Agala struggled with his flow and took a lot of shortcuts, but was carried by his ability to keep a topic. As time went on, he got better lyrically, but less original, and finished just above average overall. Six of Agala's eight qualified albums were good, with the other two being average. Of his 123 songs, two were great as well as two being weak, but he did manage to have 27 good ones. Agala was not a big name, had no clear influences on hardly any other artists, was signed to a major label at one point, and still was never able to make anything out of it. Early on, Agala was very original with his sound, delivery, and rhyme style, but that all seemed to change to a more common sound as he began to try to up the level of his bars. So let's get into the math here for Agala and see how it adds up. Lyrics, he gets a five and a half, and I do want to touch on something really quick when talking about this lyrical score for Agala. So like I said, early on, he was slightly below average um struggled with his flow took a lot of shortcuts things like that like i said his ability to keep topic allowed him to not dig himself into a hole and then as time went on he definitely got better lyrically and was able to climb above average he actually was very close to getting a six at one point and then he came out with an abundance of material late i want to say he dropped like three albums last year so only six total And I believe three of them were in the past year or two. So there was a big gap there with no music from Agala. And then we had three new albums that came out very recently. And he actually took a bit of a hit lyrically on those albums. So it's not to say that he was bad or that he was below average. But he was closer to a five or a five and a half rather than being closer to a six. So going into those last three albums, he was a five and a half slash six. And I've taken that slash six away. So 
He got better with time towards the middle of his career and then started to tail back off again late. But he ends up with a five and a half just above average lyrically overall. Albums, he gets a 4.13 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a zero, like we spoke about, 123 songs. He did have two great songs, but he also had two weak songs. So that evens out. He gets a zero in that category. Impact, he gets a four. Same thing there as Fiend. I mean, a little bit different in the way that he got it, but very, very similar. You know, an underground cat, no major sales, no commercial success or anything like that, no record set, um, no platinum albums, you know, no artists, no big list of names that he influenced or anything like that. So, you know, mostly the same stuff that Agala gets a four, just like Fiend did. In originality, he gets a five and a half, also the same as Fiend, and ironically enough, pretty much for the same reason. So, like I said, when you when you think about Fiend and you think about the image, the overall sound, the content of the music, stuff like that. Very typical South. Same type of thing with Agala. When you when you look at his image and you know his overall sound and the content of his music, very typical New York. So nothing out of the ordinary, nothing overly unique or original there. Fiend really was carried up to a five and a half basically just by his voice and delivery and the fact that he didn't do much else to really take away from his originality. Kind of the same thing here for Agala. You know, his rhyme style and his delivery and his voice and stuff were very, very unique early on. I thought that he lost a little bit of his uniqueness, even, you know, just the way he delivered some of his rhymes and the way that he said some of his rhymes and just things like that. Um, he just became a little bit more typical later on in his career as his bar started to improve and stuff. I don't know if that was by design. I don't really know what the reasoning for that was, but he did take a little bit of a hit in originality. Really probably only just went from like a six or a six and a half down to a five and a half. So it wasn't anything major, but he gets a just above average score there for originality. You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five. And that gives you a final rating of 3.83 which puts Agala in a tie for 148th place of 184 artists done overall. So pretty much the same stuff across the board here for these guys, just slight differences in each category that wind up finishing Agala 15 slots ahead of Fiend here. But again, you know, almost the same score. So with mostly average scores, you're probably going to be around this bottom quarter every time, unless you're making up for it dramatically with like classic albums or an insane originality or impact score or something like that. You know, these five and a halfs, fours, five and a halfs, fives, four and a halfs, things like that. You know, you're putting up numbers like that across the board and you're probably going to wind up in this bottom quarter. So now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall. So in our top spot, we have Big L, who's in fifth place of 184 artists done overall. Directly behind him in 6th place, we have Nas. Directly behind Nas is AZ, who's in 7th place. And directly behind AZ in 8th is Method Man. Couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of The Roots, who's in 10th. And behind him in a 3-way tie for 11th place, we have Tupac and Biggie. Behind them, we have Pharaoh Monch, who's tied for 15th. Behind Pharaoh in 18th is KRS-One. Behind him is Jizza, who's in 22nd. Couple of slots back from Jizza in 24th is Slick Rick. Couple of slots back from him is Rakim, who's in 26th. 
Directly behind Rakim in 27th is Redman. And directly behind Redman is Common, who's in 28th place of 184 artists done overall. So neither artist able to crack this top 10% overall list here today. And ironically enough, this has started to become more rare than not lately. It hasn't been all that often over the past month or two that we've seen that many people not crack any of these lists. So... We'll see if that continues going on. Obviously, that trend can only last for so long, but we seem to be in a pretty good spot here chronologically with a lot of good finishes. So now on to our current top 10% lyrically so far. And in our top spot, we have a four-way tie between Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them, we have Method Man with a lyrical score of 8. Behind Meth, we have another four-way tie between Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another tie between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who got lyrical scores of 7. And then behind them, in an 11-way tie for 12th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, and Lil Wayne, who all got lyrical scores of six and a half. So no changes to that list today either. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers of the 80s are one, KRS-One, two, Slick Rick, three, Rakim, four, Rev Run of Run DMC, and five, LL Cool J. No change to that list as usual. Now, our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. Number one, Big L. Two, Nas. Three, AZ. Four, Method Man. And five, Black Thought of the Roots. So again, no changes to this list today either, unfortunately. Now let's get into our new list that we started this session of our top three artists from each region of the country. We're going to start off with our East Coast. So your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Big L from Harlem, New York, Nas from Queens, New York, and AZ from Brooklyn, New York. Moving across to our West Coast, in our top spot, we have Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. And behind him, Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south... Your top artist to come out of the South thus far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind him, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest. Your top artist to come out of the Midwest thus far is Common from Chicago, Illinois. Behind him, we have Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. And behind him, Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and also from Cleveland, Ohio. So, neither of these artists here today able to crack any of our lists, but that's okay, because it has been an onslaught of amazing finishes lately. So, shout out to Fiend, Agala, and anybody else in any of these lists. If you'd like to see any or all of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit and a like at www.facebook.com slash Tale of the Tapes podcast. If you're interested in seeing any of this stuff in writing, schedule of artists coming up, 
uh, lists, you know, people that didn't make the cut. All these things is updated that you can see right in front of your face. Just give the page a like and follow it. It's all there. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. Please support your boy Formsy. I appreciate it. And that's it for episode 41 today. Next week on episode 42, we have Buster Rhymes and Mr. Cheeks of the Lost Boys as we enter into a new calendar year, 1996, which I'm warning you right now, I am calling 1996 one of the greatest freshman classes of all time. So keep that in mind going forward. Tell it the tapes. Peace. Tell it the tapes. Might as well.